Hey guys, this is Ryan Chambers from StarCast Stricker Marks. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you will win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of age or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only, new customers only, wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to Starcastic Remarks, the only fan-led Dallas Stars podcast, along with Christian Chambers and Brian Chambers, and we are recording this in the almost, like, you know, really late times. Sorry, I can't. I th- I can't think. I'm really tired. Yeah. yeah somehow yeah, it's I'm still sorry, sunny really where tired. you it are. It is really sunny where I am. Um, I'm in Montana right now, and and uh, we're on a three-week vacation. Uh, going and seeing national parks. So I'm really excited to be doing this and uh, having fun. But anyways, that's not why people are listening to us. But interesting segue. Let's let's talk about this real quick before we talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, holy crap, did uh, Tampa Bay Lightning manhandle the Montreal Canadiens. Um, right now, and we haven't gotten a chance to talk about it, but unfortunately, uh, Stephen Johns has decided to retire from the NHL and from hockey in general, and uh, it's it's really unfortunate that at his age that that's what he's having to do. Uh, he's only 29 years of age, and it it's just been too much for him. Uh, and uh, there's a we're gonna talk about a lot of this stuff here, but uh, it it just really sucks to see him uh, have to, you know quit so early in his career and i mean he could have had another 10 years go to go yeah absolutely well um we we can talk a little bit about uh about steven johns and uh what's going on with him but uh steven johns and what he's decided to do is that he is going to go out and he is uh, currently rollerblading the country and specifically uh, more towards the northern side of the country. And he's going to go from the east coast to the west coast to uh, bring awareness 
to mental health, which uh, that seems to be a big thing in today's culture is uh, talking about mental health. Um, and unfortunately for him, that's kind of what led to his decision to uh, to retire from hockey at the age of 29. Well, that, I mean, the way I, the way I saw it was that his it was his head injuries that were causing it, like not so much like his his mental health. And then after he had to stop because of his head injuries, that's when he had the mental health problems. That's is about that, is that about not what you were saying about what happened? So he's yeah, because the reason he stopped was because the headaches and because like he was like like from concussion injuries, right. he was like so not remembering things. And uh, Saad Yusuf has a great article that uh, that I read earlier today that talks all about it. But uh, Stephen Johns. Uh, this whole all started back in uh, 2018 uh, when he was playing against uh, the Minnesota Wild, and uh, the the pain and the post traumatic headaches have just become more manageable with time. But that's when it all started. Uh, but really, the reason why he's uh, having to get out is because he just is just he doesn't feel like he can do it anymore. Uh, the, he ended up getting depression. Uh, after he played his final NHL game in August 2020. And uh, it, it's kind of sad because when you read the article, Johns talks about uh, that he was asked about what he likes to do for fun, and he didn't really have an answer for it. So, I mean, that that's kind of scary, right? I mean, we all have something that we like to enjoy, and he well, didn't have an answer for a very simple question that, you know, comes up in small talk conversations. Because it was hockey, right? Like, he, he dedicated his life to hockey, and physically he can still do it, but his brain does not allow him to do it. That sounds like such a terrifying such a, such a terrifying thing to devote your life to something and to still be able to do it, but you, you, you can't. Like, that, that sounds like one of the worst things that could ever happen. And, yeah, I totally understand why that could cause him to take a downward spiral mental health-wise, but... I'm very glad he's talking about it to people and helping people out that way. And it seems like it's been helping him as well to to find some more purpose in his life. And he's decided to, to take that and to help right. other people and with it, which I is mean, really you cool. Gotta, you got to admire him for being willing to come out and talk about stuff like this. Uh, it, it's not always easy to, to come out and say that you got something wrong with you. Um, so... Kind of what sparked this whole cross-country rollerblading thing was he watched this video. Um, well, it was more a music video uh, by Mike Posner and Naughty Boy, uh, which actually features Mike Posner walking across the country. And it's uh, the song called Live Before I Die. And uh, in the article, it mentions that the video changed Stephen's life, and he said... Uh, he asked the question, what do you want to do? And all of a sudden, he had that answer. And he wanted to do something that would inspire others to raise awareness about the important uh, importance of mental health. So, and he wanted to skate again. But, you know, you can't really do that. You know, I skate across the, I skate across the United States. But you can rollerblade. So, he just did. He just went. So... There was no preparation into this. There was no planning. And it was just something he wanted to do. So, uh, even though uh, 
John's retirement was only made public, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he had known his career was over after a very specific moment, which was uh, August 11th of 2020. And, uh, Chris, do you remember that incident? Yeah, yeah, I remember reading about that. It was, I don't, it was the, what was it, game six? It was game one against Calgary? against Calgary in the bubble playoffs. Game one against Calgary. Yeah, he he said he he looked up at the clock and saw that there was three minutes left in the game, but he he didn't remember any of the game. He didn't remember any of his shifts in that game, and he said at that moment he he knew he was done. So he he walked off the ice and hung up his skates. He hasn't put them on since. And, yeah, and that was that, it. That's, a, that's a crazy story, isn't it? Considering like he he's been skating for I would guess by the like, since he was three or his four, whole life. right? <laughs> so you know. Yeah. Quarter of a century, he's been doing nothing but skating. And, you know, he just hangs him up. And uh, this was a uh, a quote from that article that Stephen Johns, and this is what he said. He said, I had told myself if I was ever scared to get out there, I was done. And that moment, I knew I was done. So, you know, most players, they don't realize that their career is over, you know, at a specific point in time or whatever. But for Stephen Johns, apparently that clarity came uh, in game one against Calgary. Um, so after that game, Johns went into the uh, dressing room and he called his mom and he sat there and cried. And his mom uh, listened as he basically bowled over his feelings and how he was going. I, I mean, can you imagine that conversation and what must have been said? I, I mean, he, from either side of that conversation could you put yourself in your shoes with like the mom or steven uh, uh, that's one conversation that's no. one conversation <laughs> i can't imagine no. uh that he would that i would be willing to be a part of um and it, one of the things that one of the reasons why john's did this article with Saad yusuf was because he wanted people to know that even though he had like a AHL conditioning stint and uh, he came back a couple of times and everything like that, he was still struggling. And that's the main reason why he did this article uh, talking about why he was going to do this cross country thing. Uh, he wanted people to know that he, that he was still struggling with all the stuff. So, uh, I mean, he looked fine to me. Um, do you remember all those conditioning stints and the games he played? He looked fine to me. He looked great in those games. I didn't see any issues, but yeah, crazy, crazy to see how pro how professional these guys are. They can have such intense things happening in their lives and still play at such a high level. Yep. So, I mean, there and the article talks about a couple of other instances when he thought he was going to have to retire before the incident that happened in the bubble playoffs, and uh, he ended up not doing that. So. He he doesn't he it says he doesn't regret the twenty one games that he was able to play, uh, but you know, I I really wish he could have been a Dallas Star for longer, because he would have been a a perfect partner for uh, Miro Heiskanen. Uh, but you know, sometimes bad things uh give birth to uh good and and healthy things, and uh. What this ended up happening was is that Stephen Johns asked uh, Jeff Totes, who's known as Totesy uh, among the Stars media, 
Um, he is now a former Stars employee, and he, uh, he's also a close friend of Stephen John's. And he's actually uh, he has actually set out with uh, Stephen John's to go out, and he's going to record him, uh, video and everything, and possibly make a movie out of all the footage that they've got going on. So that's going to be uh, really interesting. And uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Totsi was the one who put together the uh, the whole playoff compilation in the bubble playoffs. He's responsible for all of that work. And uh, he did a fantastic job with that. So I'm very, very excited to, uh, t- to see what they come up with. So uh, we'll have to see where... You know where this takes uh, Stephen Johns and Totsi because right now they're in uh, they're in Yellowstone, and uh, according to this afternoon, they were on their way to Montana, so where I am currently. So uh, I thought that was really cool. Hopefully, it gets to go to Glacier National Park. Uh, Glacier National Park is just beautiful. It, side note: if you never get a chance to go anywhere else other than Glacier, do it because Glacier is the place to go. It's absolutely beautiful out here. Um, in two ways, uh, we'll see, you know, where Stephen John's life turns out to go. Because, uh, obviously, it doesn't seem like he has a plan as to what to do, you know, uh, after this trip that he's taken. Um, what w- w- Can you en- envision him uh, doing something with the Stars? Maybe doing, like, a player development uh, coach role or something like that? W- w- what could you see him doing after all this? Yeah, I think he could, but I mean, honestly, he could he do really whatever he wants. I feel like, for me personally, that would that would be worse <laughs> to be to be around the thing that I want to do but can't. But I mean, that's just that's just me. But <laughs> well, maybe he can be a broadcaster. I, I I mean, I don't know that. Uh, but we'll we'll have to see where it goes. Uh, so, Stephen, uh, we're cheering you on, man. Uh. If you want to join Steven in his journey, he's using the hashtag Mental Miles, capital M in both the words. And uh, you can uh, follow him on Instagram or on Twitter. And also follow Totsi on Twitter as well. And uh, you can follow uh, Steven John's journey, uh, you know, across the northern United States from east coast to west coast. So, uh, cool. Prayers out to him. Very, Very cool. cool. All right. Um, you know, from a... a, a l- a serious topic to a a not as serious topic, but uh, we've got some uh, some stuff to talk about. Uh, we've got a couple of signings to talk about, and we've also got uh, some other stuff to talk about as well. But let's get to the signings first. Um, so first things first, uh, Blake Como has signed a one-year deal uh, worth one million dollars, and uh, yeah, Chris, how do you feel about the deal? Uh, very good because if y'all uh if y'all watched our uh, our expansion draft podcast a while back and the one we did with Josh, he pointed out that we're not able to protect Foxa unless we sign someone else who also meets the expansion draft requirements, which are really expi- uh, uh which are really specific and weird. And you can see all the people who qualify for that on Cap Friendly if you're really <laughs> interested. But anyway, all this means now is that we can protect Foxa and we don't have to leave him unprotected. So now we can have Foxa protected and 
we don't have to worry about any of that. So that's very cool. It's a great signing because Como's already a leader on the team. And if we can get him for a million dollars, like, of course you're going to do that. And it helps you for the expansion draft. So it was pretty much, pretty much a no-brainer. Pretty much but just a perfect And, deal. you know, at first I was actually a little frustrated with the signing, to be totally honest with you, because I was – my big thing for this offseason was that the identity of the third line needs to change for the Stars. And uh, we're, we're kind of seeing that uh, – I mean – Perfect example is game one in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, when you look at the fact that uh, Blake Coleman and Barkley Goudreau are making such a big difference in uh, in the game for the Tampa Bay Lightning, I just feel like that there needs to be a bigger a bigger role for that third line, and specifically a scoring line. And when I was thinking about it, I was like, Blake Como does not fit that. And he, I mean, obviously they're going to want him to play on the third line with Foxa again or Dickinson. So uh, at first I was frustrated, but I do see how it could be a, a very good signing for the Stars. Um, it, it's definitely better than his 2.2 cap hit from his last contract. So it's, you know, less, it's almost 60% less than what it was. And uh, he's he has a huge leadership role in the team and all that sort of stuff. And he proved uh, this year that he is a very important piece of this Dallas Stars team. So uh, I do like the signing. Um, yeah, I think for the $1 million, that's a that's definitely a Dallas Stars discount there because I think there's no doubt in my mind that he could have gotten he could have gotten more somewhere else. So I think he wants to be in Dallas, and I think it it protects the expansion draft. Again, like, like we said, he's a great leader on the team. And, I mean, you always need depth guys, and, like, he's going to be the depth the best depth guy that we could afford for that price, in my opinion. Well, the argument from a lot of people right now is the fact that it, we need to get younger. What, what's your, what do you say to those people who say that, oh, well, we need to, th- this guy is okay, we need to keep this guy? Yeah, we are getting younger, I mean. But we don't want to have a whole line of AHL players again like last year. So you got you to gotta find a balance there. So the... The flip side of this and the fact that he only costs $1 million is that that saves us money in the cap pits for the possible return of, first off, Alexiak, but also getting Miro Haskinen signed to a deal that, uh, you know, we don't have to worry about not having room for him or someone coming and giving him an offer sheet and we can't match it or something like that. So that helps us in that regard. Um you know, and speaking of AHL players, let's talk about the other uh, signing that was that happened over the past couple of weeks. Is the signing of Rhett Gardner? Uh, he signed a one point five million deal, million dollar deal for two years. So that is literally league minimum uh, for two years. And I believe the first, the first year is a two way deal, so he can be sent down to the AHL and have a different pay. And then uh, the second year is actually a one way deal. So he can he makes just NHL salary on that on that second deal. Um, how do you feel about that deal? Good, bad, indifferent? Yeah, I'm mostly indifferent to it. It's fine since it's league minimum, and he, he wasn't a bad player. He just wasn't great. So I'm kind of kind of doesn't matter to me. Depth guy, good, decent. He he can play. We saw he could play, but uh, eh. I don't think it'll matter as much next season as it did this season. I actually really liked the play of uh, Rhett Gardner this past season, um, especially down uh, in the bottom six. When he, 
and when uh when Foxa or Dickinson was not playing with uh Como and Cogs, uh Rhett Gardner was kind of thrown in on that line a couple of times and he he, fit, he filled in fairly well. So and uh, he he played like none. Well, it, but <laughs> he played like 8 minutes. I know, but he I still feel like that he had a, a decent year and obviously Jim Nell thought the same thing because uh, otherwise he wouldn't have resigned him. So I mean, he's definitely he's definitely worth league minimum at least, but yeah, I don't know. All right, and he- here's the other thing about the Blake Como signing that I see a lot of people talking about. Um, with the signing of Blake Como, does that mean that Andrew Cogliano is out the door? Uh, yeah. I I mean, I was pretty sure he was out the door anyway. Well, we also who knows maybe maybe he's gonna give us a discount well, too. We- we also thought he likes playing, yeah. we also thought that uh, Blake Como was possibly on his way out the door. So and obviously that yeah, was I the thought case. It, I thought there was a good chance that at least one of them was going to stay though, but the chance of both of them staying I don't think is very high. But I mean we'll see of course. But well yeah, so to <laughs> sign out. What do you uh, think? You think that they both going to sign? Uh, um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I hope they don't because they need to save some cap room, and I still feel like we need. What if Cogs comes back and only asks for a million? I don't know. You taking that deal? Maybe, maybe not. I just really feel like we need we need some more people on the third line that can actually score. And uh, I mean, part of it need because scoring was our biggest issue this year. But if they come back at a million each, then maybe they become the fourth line, and you go pick up some third liners who can score. Right, but and we already have. So, maybe we already have third liners that can score. Maybe Yoel Kiviranta. I don't, he's a middle six guy, and I think he could he could be on that third line. But you know, it 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 just gets my hope up to see. You know, there's no way Tampa is re-signing Blake Coleman. There's not a chance. Uh, Tampa Bay literally has no cap room. Actually, they're seventeen million dollars over they the cap, less, <laughs> so they, they there's no the chance he's room. going back. But you know, just to have a, a Plano kid come home and play for the Stars, that would just be a really cool thing. Uh, but but that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. All right. Really uh, what else were we going to talk about? I already forgot. Uh, I don't, you said there was other Stars news, but I didn't think there was. I thought that was it. I think that's it, for stars related at least. Stars related, okay. Yeah, I ain't even going to the playoffs. Yep. All right. So yeah, let's get down into the playoffs because the playoffs are actually starting to get, uh, really interesting there for a while. And the the third round series, both series were excellent. Uh, they were that's, both very good. I, I mean, both of those could have been Stanley Cup finals uh, in in and of themselves, the way that they were played. Uh, the, and obviously the interesting thing was is Montreal moves on and not just finishes the Golden Knights, but finishes the Golden Knights in sixth. A lot of people were saying Golden Knights in five or if the Canadians were going to win, that, that it was going to take game seven, but it didn't. And uh, so they're in the Stanley Cup final. They punched their ticket first. and then yeah, uh, Their story looks a lot like the Stars did last season. I, right it now. really so, is. Very similar. really is. And the style they play and the fact that they're relying on hot goaltender and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, and then uh, right after Montreal punched their ticket, um, I think I believe it was on Friday night. might have been on Thursday night. Friday or 
Thursday or Friday night. The very next night, uh, Game 7 between uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. It, it was the most boring conference final Game 7 to ever happen in the existence of anything. Actually, actually, you could say this. You could say it was the most boring semifinal ever because there will probably never be yeah, another you, semifinal. Without a level. doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was a boring game. And the, the one goal that happened was the shorthanded goal. That was it. And watching that game, they out Islanders, the Islanders. That's that's what I'm saying. That's why the Lightning are so good. They can do they, it. they can, can play the other styles. Yeah, they don't. They they have all they have that. Vasilevsky. So they like they, if they want to play defense. All right, let's play defense, and they'll stop you. They will shut you out in a game seven. So well, and I was trying to find the a team is nuts. I was trying to find a weakness in their game, right? And just watching the way that they play, they can outscore you in an offensive shootout. They've they've had games 7 to 6, 8 to 5, 6 to 3, whatever. They've had games like that. Then they have games like this past game 7 where it was one to nothing and it was just a complete like defensive shutdown. That's the best defensive game I've ever seen a team play this entire season. Uh, in, including the bubble playoffs, well not not including the bubble playoffs. Including the the whole regular season and then all of the this postseason. So I, it was just absolutely fantastic to watch in that regard. And it's, it's not fair. <laughs> yeah, the, the only it, thing can, you can hope for to beat them is you have to hope that Vasilevsky is having a bad game, and then you still have to beat the rest of the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it, it's not it's – not pos- if they don't win this series, like – It'll be crazy. Like, there's no chance that they don't win this game. And, like, watching tonight's game, Montreal looks outclassed. Like, it looks like a different level. Right, that is true. But here's the thing about the the game once, okay? So, Montreal did lose game one in the first round and also in the second, in the third round. And then, uh, on, on the flip side, you know, Vegas, they got completely obliterated by Colorado in game one. So just because you lose game one does not mean that the series is already over. And we've, we've seen that Montreal just, even though they may not play the best or whatever, they seem to find a way to win. And I was even noticing this in the uh, first and second periods. But Tampa Bay, even though they were mostly controlling the play for the most part, they were giving opportunities to the Montreal Canadiens. The the Canadiens were just not burying them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it looked like Vasilevsky was just stopping everything tonight, which is like what he does. He's the best goalie in the league right now, so it makes sense. <laughs> but they would give him chances, and like that's that's the other thing. They don't have to play perfect defense because they have the best goalie. And then they could go and score four goals and it makes it even easier for the, the best goalie in the league to play his best. So it's just, it, they don't, it looks like it, they're much more likely to be beaten by the Islanders last series than by the Canadians this series, in my opinion. So right. I think I think this series is going to be far less exciting than the two conference finals we had. And I think the conference finals between the Islanders and and the Lightning was the real two best teams in the league. All right, so real quick, let's look at the the two teams' uh, road to the Stanley Cup final. 
So Montreal had to go through two Canadian teams and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, obviously, we all know what happened in round one against the Maple Leafs. They were down three games to one. And then in game five and game six, they won in overtime, forced a game seven, and then won uh, three to one in game seven. So they – and they – and, you know, Toronto media just completely just, you know, evaporated from there. Um and then nobody gave them the chance against the Winnipeg Jets. And the Winnipeg Jets, after sweeping the Edmonton Oilers, get swept in the second round. And then obviously uh, the semifinals against the Vegas Golden Knights where they looked like the better team for uh, a good chunk of those games. Um, as for the Lightning, uh, it took six to get rid of the Florida Panthers. And then they had to face off against Carolina which we thought that was going to be a more interesting series than it was. Uh, the only game that Tampa Bay lost in that series was game three in overtime, three to two. And uh, that was and that was at Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay. That was the only game they lost. Um, and then obviously uh, the, the game seven epicness against uh, the New York Islanders where, uh, you know, they had that one eight to nothing game in Game Five, where uh, they completely obliterated uh, New York. Uh, but you know, give credit to the New York Islanders. They forced a Game Seven, and uh, won Game Six in overtime. Yeah, real quick, this is really stark contrast to the the path to the playoff for the Lightning last season and then this season. Last season, they basically like waltzed into the playoff into the Stanley Cup Final, and it was no big deal. They didn't play anybody. And then this season, like, the Panthers, Carolina, and the Islanders, like, those are, like, in my top five teams in the league, <laughs> like, in my opinion, at the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And they beat all of them. And they beat the first two handily. So, that's, and they had, that's nuts. Just shows you how good they are. Well, and it also just goes to show you, like, the different styles they can play. Because, like, against uh, Florida... Florida was more of an offensive juggernaut this year rather than their uh, defense, and we could see that because their goaltending kind of struggled a little bit with Bobrovsky. And, uh, you know, and then Carolina was kind of a more, you know, more balanced team with offense and defense, and uh, they beat them handily. And then the, the only team they really had issues with was New York. And, you know, again, like I said, they out-New Yorked New York. So it was just, you know, this team, the the Tampa Bay Lightning can just win in all these different fashions. And uh, I, I think that's what makes them scary compared to the uh, to the Montreal Canadiens. Because the Montreal Canadiens, what's their mantra? Defense. Carey that's how Price they do is it. our friend. Oh, yeah, I mean defense. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, just a couple of quick stats for you. Uh, the, the just the top uh, point getters for each team. Uh, Kucherov obviously eighteen games, five goals, twenty two assists for twenty seven points. Uh, he's the top uh, point getter for the Tampa Bay Lightning by far. Uh, he's seven points ahead of point. And then over on the uh, Canadian size, uh, Tyler Toffoli who ended up being a steal for them with how much money he's getting paid and what he's uh, contributing to this team. Uh, he's played 17 games, five goals, nine assists for 14 points. So the And that's the leading point getter for 
uh, Montreal. So you can obviously see the giant difference between you know the the points between Tyler Toffoli and, and uh, Nikita Kucherov. I mean that's almost double. Yeah, and it looked like a giant difference on the ice tonight. It was it was pretty shocking how not close this game was. I mean at least there was some action with some scraps after whistles and stuff, but other than that, this looked like a like a regular season game between between a a division leader and a, a, a maybe a playoff bubble contender maybe, but that that's at best. So right, did not look great. So and then here's the outstanding thing, and it just goes to tell you why. NHL players will still say that Carey Price is one of the best goaltenders in the league. And it's because when the game matters the most, he's the one that steps up more than anybody. Um, Just to throw out the stats, and they're very eerily similar between uh, him and Vasilevsky. So Price went is 12 for 5 right now, 12 wins, 5 losses. He has a 934 save percentage. That is absolutely insane and far better than what he did in the regular season in a 2.02 goals against average. That is absolutely freaking insane. But then you look at the other side, Vasilevsky is just that much better. He goes 12 for 6, uh, 12 wins, 6 losses, a 936 save percentage, and a 199 goals against average. So, yes, you could say that Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the league uh, at this point in time, and I don't think uh, many people would argue with you about that. But if we're talking about completely clutch players who are extremely relied upon, I don't think there's anybody that's more clutch than Carey Price. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of clutch goalies, but I think Vasilevsky is the guy that, He's always there. Like, there's never really a game where Vasilevsky has an off night and costs his team the game. He's always either good or outstanding. <laughs> like, I don't remember the last time there's been a bad game for him. Right. Um, and Whereas Carey l- Price about... has been scored on a, a lot this series on in certain games. There's been some games where he got pummeled. Right. Well, let's talk real quick about... Uh about about two things that are really outstanding between these two teams, and it's like complete opposites, um, and that's special teams. So for the uh, – just to, if you compare their power play percentages, uh, it, I mean, Montreal is a very respectable 20.9%. That's, that's still very good. So that means every five power plays you get, you're going to score on one of them. And so that's not bad, right? Very good. Then you look at the freaking Tampa Bay Lightning. It's absolutely insane. 37.7% on the power play uh, coming into this game tonight. So for every so for every 10 power plays they're getting, they're basically scoring on four of them. Um, and then on the flip side, uh, the, the penalty kill, and this is probably the one of the main reasons why Montreal is in the Stanley Cup final right now. Their penalty kill in the playoffs is a 93.5%. Which is you know, 85, 85% is considered very good. 93.5%, that's where you're, like, talking about, like, video game levels. That's stupid. 
and and then you know and then Tampa has a respectable 83%. Like I said, 85% is still really good. So it it's, it just goes to show you like the the paths for both of these teams coming up into the uh into the Stanley Cup final. So it sounds like Tampa Bay's better. <laughs> yeah, just slightly, but if they can if they can take advantage of the fact that their penalty kill is that good and they can hold Tampa Bay uh, five on five, which they didn't do tonight, but if they can hold five on five, then Montreal has a chance. I mean, and I, game one, and there's already been, like, they've already scored on a power play already. So, like, it, it doesn't look good. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't. So, if uh, if you didn't know about tonight's outcome... And you had no idea what was going to happen. What would you say? What, what's your prediction for the Stanley Cup final? Who wins? If I didn't know about this game, I would say Lightning in six. But now that I do, Light. I'm saying Lightning in five. <laughs> lightning in five. Okay. So, all right. So here's my logic. My no, logic is telling no. me. No. You're logic? talking like you're about to no, say something no, 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 stupid. No, 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 no. No, I'm not going to say something stupid because I'm going to go with everybody else. Okay. I'm going to say the Lightning in six okay. still. Okay, so that's my logic. What do my emotions tell me? Canadians in seven. That's what I want. Okay, I want the Canadians. That's what I want too. But that's not gonna happen. By the way, if you're if you're a Stars fan and you're rooting for the Tampa Bay Lightning, go find a different team to cheer for. Get some help. No, you can still cheer for the Stars. Just just stop. (laughs) No, no, no. They can't cheer for the Stars anymore. Rip, I didn't know. I didn't know you. I didn't know you were the guy that was in charge of making those decisions. Yes, I it might be. And, and, and you know, here's the sad part about all of this. So, the two teams that the Stars hate the most right now are the St. Louis Blues, because we always seem to run into them in the playoffs and lose to them in the playoffs, and the Tampa Bay Lightning now too. Who has been a member of both of those teams very recently? The lying, not true, big rig, Patrick Maroon. Oh yeah. If Patrick, if Patrick Maroon wins the Stanley Cup this time, he is a dynasty in yeah. and of himself. <laughs> Patrick Maroon is a dynasty. He is the dynasty oh, of my 2020. Goodness. And I guess you could say that Corey Perry is a dynasty in and of himself too. He's been to the Stanley Cup final with two different teams, and he's probably gonna lose both times. So for his sake. That's the reason why I'm rooting for the Canadians. So, uh, I'm just rooting for the Canadians because I don't want the Lightning to win again. They suck. I right. hate those guys. And they're gonna have to have some serious uh, serious <laughs> some serious luck, like almost uh, as bad as a a flurry uh, giveaway, and just you know deposits it easily into the back of the net. Maybe something we like need that. Multiple of those. Um, well, and the the scary thing is, I think this this series could be over very quickly if it's going to be like this. That's what uh, I was saying. <laughs> the 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 one goal that the Canadians scored this evening was you could call it a fluke. Yes. I mean, he he got it towards the front of the net and it did bounce off two defenders, but I mean that's a lucky goal. It was a very lucky. And I goal. guess that's I, I guess that's how you beat Vassy. That's the only way you can beat Vassy is just. Luck or freak accident goals. So, uh, 
they're, I mean, they're, and they're obviously going to have to get uh, more than just one goal against Vasilevsky in order to win. Generally, the thing is, is that if they hold the opposition to two goals, Carey Price can keep them in the game. That that's been the general thing for. This How do you hold the Lightning to two goals? Um, <laughs> ex- well, obviously they didn't do they that can't tonight, do that. and that wasn't Dude, the case. Nobody can do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the Islanders did it, and they still lost. <laughs> and they still lost. Yeah, and th- and that's a, that's the scary thing, and, and that's yeah. Why the scary I thing is you can believe... do that, and you can hold them to less than two to two goals, and you can still lose the game. And Tampa, but and Tampa's still gonna win. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't that's, I don't see how you thing. win. It it doesn't seem like you can. Like if there's yep. ever gonna be a 99 overall team in Shell, like it's this Lightning team that's 14 million over cap. <laughs> yep, yep, agreed. Well, Chris, you got anything else to say before we uh, mention a special announcement? Yeah, uh, I hate the Lightning, and I hate that their GM was so smart. And yeah, that's it. Hey, how about that uh, that disc golf? Shot? Oh, I'll talk about that. One yeah, and y'all 10. y'all probably saw us on Sports Center, but okay, James Conrad, he's on hole eighteen, right? He's got to throw it in for birdie. He's out of position. He's got to throw it in from two hundred and fifty feet for birdie to to tie in the World Championships, which is basically the Super Bowl. So he lines it up and he throws it and he throws it in in front of like two thousand people. Yes, that many people watch disc golf live in person. <laughs> So anyway, that's crazy. So he ties up Paul McBeth, who's basically the Tiger Woods of the of the Frisbee buckets. And then they go to an island hole, and James Conrad parks the island hole. All he's got is a tap-in left, and Paul McBeth, Mr. Tiger Woods guy, throws a little flicky flick, and it hits the ground, and it skips into the water. Man, that was crazy. 250-foot shot. It's number one on SportsCenter. Top ten. Go look Go it look up. It up. It's so cool. Go look it up. It is it, it is incredibly impressive the shot that he made, and he got swarmed. Yeah, by literally all the fan, all two thousand people that were was on a the great hole. Shot. It was crazy. Right, everybody saw everybody saw that shot. It was fantastic. So go look it up. Go do yourself a favor. Okay, um, and uh, so let's talk about uh, us for a second, Chris. Uh, so we have been. And you've probably already figured this out based off of uh, the ad that you heard at the beginning of the show. But we have been given a huge opportunity to join the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, They reached out to us a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we have graciously joined them. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this Uh, based off of uh, all the opportunities that that we're going to get with these guys and uh, some collaborations with some of the other... uh, team-oriented podcasts. Uh, they've got one for every team uh, in the NHL, so including the Seattle Kraken. They already have one for the Ryan Kraken. It's pretty that cool. And, yeah, and I've already checked it out. It's actually pretty cool. And uh, we'd uh, love you for you guys to go and uh, follow their Twitter page. They're at, at HockeyPodNet. And, of course, uh, you can also follow us uh, here at the same place. Uh, follow us on Twitter at StarcasticR, also on Facebook, and all the snap snapbooks grams and snapbooks and all that other stuff so yeah but they're really awesome uh, there was a lot of payments that Ryan had to make specifically for lots of different programs and stuff and hosting things so now we get all that taken care of and a lot of it is because of the people listening i know we joke about how there's not a lot of you but there's a decent amount there's enough for us to get to do this for free now so thank you we appreciate y'all for listening 
and hopefully y'all will keep on listening and sharing this with your friends. That way we can keep doing it for as many seasons as the Hockey Podcast Network will have us. Yep. And uh, the other thing that Chris and I have also talked about uh, is we're, especially when the next season starts uh, getting going, we would love to have just uh, what we, I mean, we're regular fans, but I guess we're super fans since we do a podcast. But um, we would love to have any fans uh, that would love to be a part of the podcast maybe do like a post-game review with us after a specific game or whatever. So uh, if you're interested in something like that, I've already got a couple of people who are lined up for that. Uh, Go ahead and DM us on uh, Twitter and uh, we'll get a specific game set up for y'all once we get the schedule released uh, for the NHL. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, we're really excited for this opportunity, guys. So, And uh, we want to give back to you guys because y'all have given us a lot. So thank you very much uh, once again for listening. And, uh, Chris, you want the last word? Go Habs. Go Habs. Good night, guys. We'll catch you guys on the flip side.